This is the Creasecast. Welcome to the Creasecast, everybody. Hi. Welcome. Hello, children. It is episode 143 of the Creasecast from the Crease Cave with the Crease ASMR with our new mics. Yeah. How does it sound, folks? Leave a comment in the YouTube video or in an Apple podcast review. Because I don't think Spotify has reviews, do they? No, they don't. Most most podcast platforms do not have review forms just anyway. Just Ju- Yes. Yeah, and just like, Apple. probably like Podbean or all the weird Yeah, ones. like some of like the random ones. Leave yeah. a like on YouTube. That yeah, is that, also like a very too. good help. That really helps us out. Yeah. It's it's cool being in here today. Like, uh, yeah, we got, uh, thanks to our lovely patrons, we were able to get Cody a new microphone, like a yeah. real serious studio microphone. Thanks, everyone. Um, and yeah, honestly, like looking at it today, like literally right now, I'm sitting with Cody. Uh, there's hockey on the TV right now. Pittsburgh hockey! and Tampa. Uh, on ESPN, I might add. This is the first ESPN uh, broadcast. Um, and you know, we're looking at the monitor. We can see, we can see like what we're doing. We can see yeah. the whole show. As we can see recording. our hats. We can see our hats. We're wearing hats, everybody. Yeah. If you want to check the YouTube channel, you can see our hats. Cause we're both wearing hats inside. Yeah. We're, Cause my hair is disgusting. Honestly. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, so is mine. I shaved today, but like I shaved yeah. yesterday knowing first day of hockey season, wanted to have the clean, yeah. the clean shaven face again. Uh, and honestly though, I'm very excited because you know, like this is the show I, I wanted to do from day one. Like when I started the show in 2019, like a full like lab or not lab, more more or less (laughs) like a studio. Yeah. A little bit like maybe like, yeah, I love the, I I always wanted to put it on YouTube. I always wanted to be able to, you know, bring in, uh, like cool microphones and like actually have like a proper studio set up and everything for us. Um, obviously wanted a cool co-host. Um, I'm still looking for that. Yeah. Still a work in progress. Still, fi- still trying to find that that a cool co-host. I've got Cody in the um, meantime, but no. In all seriousness, I'm I'm happy you're here. First day of the season. This kind of feels like this feels like the first serious episode of the year. In where a way. where we can actually talk about the team, and it's like there's some kind of like weight to it because like preseason, yeah. it's like. Hands are up in the air. I don't know. Who who knows what anything means? Who knows what the roster means? What the lineup decisions mean? But now we actually know because the Canucks made their final decisions of the season opening roster. Uh, and some of those moves were a bit questionable given everything that we did see during preseason. Um, yeah. I guess we'll run right through them because like... It's in, changing day to day in a it way. It changes day to day. And this past weekend, which was Thanksgiving weekend, so happy Thanksgiving to all of you. That's We're thankful true. for you for listening to us. Yes. First off. That, Very that's true. That's number one. Number two, we are thankful for turkey gravy. That is that your go to? Is that those, your big those your favorite two. thing? What's those, your what is like the what are like your top like your top three in terms of like Thanksgiving okay. dishes? Oh, I thought you were gonna say top three things I'm most thankful for in you my can life. Do that too. You okay, can do that top too. three things I'm most thankful in my life. One, turkey gravy. Um, nice. Two, bacon, and then three, my wife and family. That's lovely. In order. Where do I rank on that list? Mm, probably fourth, I guess. That's okay. Okay, cool. I can take fourth. I can take. I, fourth. I guess I would lump you in with everything around it, around it, like hockey. Okay. So just be like hockey, and then like you know, podcasting with Lachlan, and then like. Very bottom tracking stats, which I've committed <laughs> to for some reason. That was, yeah, that uh, I can't help you there. That's uh, that's that was your decision alone. Like I was thinking about it because like uh, Roxy was like, "Oh, you want to go see uh, the new James Bond movie this weekend?" And oh, I was yeah. like, "Oh, that sounds really fun." And I was like, "Wait, let me check the AHL schedule. I know they're on a road trip, but I got to check." Are they anyway. already playing this week? Is this they start like, Friday? Wow, I didn't think they started that quickly. I they, thought they had another week. They leave. Thursday to go down to California to begin their 
four game road trip or whatever and it's like they play friday sunday uh monday or friday saturday sunday or whatever it is it doesn't matter mm-hmm. they're, they're on a four game road trip start and i was like oh i guess we're gonna have to start the movie at like seven or something so i'm probably gonna have to track stats in the morning <laughs> and I, that was, yeah. I had like a bit of like a oh back on the grind again and uh which i love don't get me wrong i like having the or being the only guy willing to commit his life to provide very very niche details to the Canucks fan base. There is always someone who wants that though. There's always yeah. someone who wants that like don't ever, you know, don't ever discount the fact that you're doing hard work for people who care about it. Like the yes. fact and the like the people who listen to this show. You guys all care yes. about it. You guys yes. you guys care enough to listen to our our crummy show every single week and we appreciate crummy. that. Crummy. It's a we very, got You're right. This is a good show. We this, got four jerseys on count the wall. Them four. Come on. Yeah, we got four. We got a shelf with we, we got it. a five dollar shelf with shoes on it. Yeah, we we, we don't break. have a shoe rack yet, but we're we're working on that. That's the that's the that's the next uh, purchase on the Patreon, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please fund a new yeah. shoe rack yeah. for the show. Yeah, I was I was gonna say in terms of like for my uh like Thanksgiving foods, I would say like I I very much you know for just the regular thing I care about you know thankful for family for friends and I would say for content as well. Yeah, the memes, the memes, the memes, the, memes. the memers and the dreamers, the, the big meme- two. Yes. Those are yes, all good things. <laughs> um, and then in terms of food, though, like I would say, I, I'm I'm a big sucker for potato salad or like a, a oh, good like really? a good yeah. Like of all the foods, that would be your first it's stuffing and stuffing. Like, oh yeah, um, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then honestly, so the this is usually this is usually an off the post convo, but like we have a and we have a lot of content to get to. But I'll just really quickly throw it in. I once made uh, Swedish meatballs for Thanksgiving one That's year. Not bad. And they were good. That's they good. were really good. It was the first. I'd never tried them before. They turned out really well. Uh, I made a post. I made a tweet about them that Eddie Lack liked. Oh, there uh, you go. So that was, it was all worth it. It was all okay. worth it in the end. That was a good, that was a good, that's my, the one good dish I've ever made for Thanksgiving, I think. Nice. Um, I didn't have to cook Thanksgiving dinner this weekend, so that was wonderful. Um, before we get into the actual Canucks talks, I know that's what you're like. Yes, scre- this is what you're, you're screaming here for. at us right now. Because we like, have a lot today. talk about the Canucks, I'm begging you. Um, little uh, hot take: Turkey sucks. Um, like full turkey? Are we talking like the full turkey? Turkey in general. I'm. You know what? I like turkey. Uh, I'm not. I will agree that I think turkey is a little overrated as far as like a thing. But I do like it on sandwiches. Like I like. I like yeah. turkey slices and turkey. Uh, and just like turkey. Uh, um, I don't know what to call them. Like thins, I guess, or um, <laughs> thin mints, or like <laughs> turkey thin mints. <laughs> turkey thin mints. No, I don't like those. I guess just like the like the kind of like the yeah, basically just like the little slabs you get for yeah. your sandwiches and stuff. Like yeah. I do like turkey in those in that form. I'm not as. I'm also not as big yeah. on the whole big roast turkey thing like that's not i I, i'm more of a ham guy i like ham yeah i'm a big fan of the ham yeah which is that's i mean maybe that's why we get along so well on this show yeah we're just a couple hams we're both we're but we're we're such we're such hams talking about Travis Ham probably today. Oh my god! Um, I don't even want to talk about. Travis we, you know what? There's Hammond. not really much to say there because Let, we still don't know yeah. exactly what's going on, other than the fact that he's now in. I, I keep almost saying Utica, Abbotsford. Now I I almost we'll get into this later too. But I went to the training camp uh, this past weekend. I almost called the team the Utica Comets to Trend Call. 
I honestly don't think I I would not be surprised if he was doing the same thing. Like, yeah, like I honestly wouldn't be surprised. You'd just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I I really don't think I don't think he, anyone would take it personally if you did. No. Like, yeah, you're used to calling them the you've called them the Utica Comets now for what six years, seven years, a while now. If you're like Trent Call, yeah, yeah, or like anyone really, like anyone who's yeah, been watching watch the team for yeah. long enough, yeah, like so it I would not be surprised if you're gonna see a lot of people trip up on that, especially just because you know the color scheme's the same. All the people here are the same. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, it's going to take a while to get used to. Yeah, so why don't we... Jump into some hockey We'll stuff. jump into some actual hockey stuff. Um, if you do want to actually listen to like a really good like discourse on the Travis Hamannick thing, uh, check out uh, whatever episode of the VanCast that just got dropped today about um, the Ole Ulevi situation. Uh, Drancer kind of basically dissects the entire... Hamannick discourse in a pretty smart and educated way and that's not really our style we're not about smart and educated we're about um we're working on it we're about brash uh we're about brash takes illogical with, no, with uh absolutely no thought put into them whatsoever on the fly. you'll see us googling things as we're yeah. recording if you're watching on the youtube channel like, so yeah that's kind of our jam so we'll get right into the uh yeah. the new, on the fly evaluations yeah. and dissection of new canucks own. midday show host uh drancer oh, as yeah, well we right. should mention Congrats, uh, he, buddy. yeah he's got his he's got he's uh he's decided to come to down to my level of doing a show monday to friday so oh, yeah <laughs> that's that's the spirit <laughs> um yeah uh so Quick yeah, note, uh, 650 actually made a couple moves. They made Drancer their midday show. Oh, that's show. right, the other one, and then they arguably gave, they the bigger gave one. Faber and uh, Quadrelli a weekend show, Holy or like a pregame shit. show. Like yeah. that's huge. That's huge. Good buddies of ours. Yeah, yeah. like we're Friends we're so of the happy. Program. Friends of the show, Patreon members. Like we're yeah, we're thrilled for them. Some special boys. And yeah, we're really happy for them. No one more deserving. They yeah. have worked so hard. I'm glad that I'm glad that you know what. Like obviously, it sucks when people get laid off and everything like that. I'm glad it came. Like I'm glad that at the very least they you that it's been local used boys. to bring in some local talents, some yeah. local deserving talents that have gotten their opportunity, and that's good for yeah. Faber and Quads have worked so hard for this, so it's great to see them get this opportunity. Yeah. So it's gonna Agreed. be great for them. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Um, Canucks obviously they set up their uh, season opening roster. They put a couple guys on IR. They made some interesting uh, moves beforehand. Um, I think chronologically, how did this work out? I believe it was on the 9th or, yeah, the 9th, uh, the team put Phil DiGiuseppe, Justin Bailey, and Madison Bowie, and I think Travis Hamannick all on waivers to be assigned to the Abbotsford Canucks. Yeah. Um, there's quite a bit to break down in this alone because I think most people – thought that Phil DiGiuseppe had like carved out a spot on the roster. He seemed like a lock for sure. Yeah. Like it was, I think I tweeted literally that if his name was in pencil before it's in pen now yeah. like, and they dropped him anyway. I yeah. was, I think that was, was that the most shocking to you out of all of them? Yeah. Cause Justin Bailey, he, he was obviously had no favors like on his side. Like he had the COVID thing when he was coming to Vancouver and then you know, he had his season shortened last year. It's so, like he had a small rope. I mean, it helps them because there's no way anyone's going to claim him off of one preseason game. So, no. like, it's kind of in his best interest that he goes to Abbotsford and, like, you know, proves that he can do it. Uh, Madison Bowie, I think he played pretty good, all things considered, on that right side. But it's he's clearly not in their plans. They didn't even give him a look last season. So no. it was pretty clear, like, 
he's a he is just there for AHL depth in case someone gets hurt. That's yeah. that was the that was and I I don't think anybody was under the impression that he was gonna necessarily be part of it. Although no, I, I mean, will say to near the end I did think maybe there's a shot he's number eight or number seven, but I, did, I still thought the odds were a little low. Yeah, uh, us in the same boat. Like I I thought he had done enough to maybe cement himself as like a decent number eight, but you knew the team values Luke Shen so much that they would never put him in the AHL just because no. they don't want to ruin their cred with uh, pending UFAs, right? Yeah. And he's a lot, and he's a, it's a lot less likely that say a Madison Bowie do, walks through uh, uh, the waiver wire without getting claimed than say a Luke Shen. Luke yeah. Shen to a, like a team that's competing for a championship would yeah. look at them. And be they like, would have, Oh, no that's problem. a good, yeah, that's a good seventh or eighth guy for us. Yeah. So yeah, but the the DGSEPI thing was probably the like easily the most shocking purely because like he was arguably like one of their top like eight forwards during preseason, yeah. and like uh, like it the is preseason, killing. but they gave him penalty killing and he wasn't really known for that in New York. He has a better scoring like a, a proven scoring record in the NHL above players like Highmore and McEwen. So you're kind of like, well, if he's ticking all these boxes, why? Why would they send him down? Yeah. Unless, I mean, it has to be cap related or something, and they're just hoping he I have, slid, he slid by because of the volume, the sheer volume. They're lucky he didn't. Like I, because yeah. yeah, he looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. The penalty killing aspect alone, you thought was going to keep him around because yeah. they're very clearly starved for good penalty killers. Mm-hmm. And he lo- and in the opportunities he was getting, he was looking very good. Yeah. And they usually value that so much in that fourth line. And he would look like he had chemistry with Justin Dowling. He looked like he was doing okay with um, you know, with the wingers that with the extra winger that they'd throw him with. It mm-hmm. seemed like he was a sure bet and and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Will Lockwood in a second here too. Yeah. Just like two guys like I don't know I think my biggest question, and I think it is for you too, mm-hmm. is what did say Matthew Highmore or Z- or Zach McEwen had Do. done at that point to warrant staying over over Phil DiGiuseppe? Because I don't think they they did. Well, I I have a feeling it has something to do with the Alex Chieson thing. Like I, ha- yeah. I have a feeling there's like a disconnect between guys that Jim Benning and the management team went out and acquired in the off season and guys that Travis green like is willing to give really more wanted, rope to yeah. because the new guys that made the team were Vasily Pod Colson, who was going to get a look in the NHL no matter what. Yeah. And a guy that, Travis Green once coached in the Portland Winterhawks in Nick, Nick Patan. Nick Patan was an interesting one because he doesn't kill penalties. Like, I see why it makes sense yeah. right now because, I mean, we're going to talk about the fact that Brock Besser is still hurt and it doesn't seem like he's coming back for a, at least the first week, no, I no. guess. Well, they said he's going to be on the road trip. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so that, that's good. I mean, you'd hope that yeah. means I think, he will play and yeah. be ready to go. I will say in Patan's case, I think he's just there to cover for Brock Besser specifically because that is what his role is. He's a mm. if he's not, he's either playing top six or he's m- at most third line at right. most because he's not a penalty killer. He's more of a power. Pl- he's more going to be on your power yeah. play if that. Uh, it makes more sense that he's just there to fill in on Patterson's and Miller's side. Because notice they didn't split those two up, right? Yeah. So it very much seems like a, you are Besser's replacement until he yeah. gets back. So yeah, for any yeah, their whole logic is if you're if there's an injury in the top six, Nick Patan is our guy to move up into that spot because 
because Travis Green trusts him. Yeah. Is that the way, if you were coaching, I know neither of us are necessarily coaching experts or anything, but like, would you go in that direction where you specifically are looking for guys to fill in, to fill in, in the first or second line? Or are you more the guy that says, okay, we shift up, everybody goes up one and then the next best guy on the totem pole goes fourth. Well, I mean, logically, like if you're if you're if you put together like a decent Stanley Cup contending team, it's next man up mentality where right. any guy in your wings or center can move up the lineup and do fine and completely gel and be fine. Yeah. Whereas this group, they don't have that. They've never been that way. They've always had like a we have a defined top six and a bottom six mentality where that's kind of changed in the last two years where they're. They're clearly trying to have three scoring lines yeah. and one checking or like just like minute munching kind of fourth line. And yeah. it, you look at the roster that they've iced or not iced, but like they, they have decided been. to open their season with. And you look at the forward depth and you're like, is Nick Patan really the solution? Is he really the 13th best guy you have? Yeah. And I will say that I will say in Patan's case, I think it is a little bit more like in theory, he is probably the 13th most talented guy they have. Mm -hmm. For me, it's more about like Zach. I think Zach McEwen is the big one. And I know a lot of people really like Zach McEwen. So I'll watch my I'll watch it. I'll watch myself here. Well, they might not like him after the the Zach Cashin fight. They might. I think that might have been. That was not. Well, okay, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault, but it also wasn't not his fault. Like it's like a it's they you didn't need to have the fight. So that's why, and that's why this happened. But you also didn't try to do it, that to him. It's fifty fifty, right? Like yeah, it's, two, no. it's two grown adults agreeing to fight each other, right? Yeah, on ice. Like yeah. I mean, it's it's bound to happen where something bad happens. But I think for a lot of people, like Zach McEwen's a very likable guy. He seems like a really chill dude. He's a likable guy. He's got a, guy. He's got a cute dog. Cute dog on IG. Very cute dog. <laughs> Good story on uh, his whole development path and just yeah. like the unlikelihood of actually making it to the a, NHL in the first place. A guy you seriously want to succeed at, at, yeah. and you want to see defy the odds. Yes. The GM came out, like went to bat for him, said, you know, Zach McEwen's an NHLer. And since that moment, kind of like a jinx, he just hasn't done anything with that statement of support. No. And the fight, I think for a lot of people was kind of like, Oh, if, if this is all he can do, which is get into fights that really hurt people, what else is there? Right. You can't, this at this in today's NHL, you cannot have a guy on your roster, clogging up a roster spot. Whose only job is to fight people. And yeah. I don't think that's really what Zach, Mc, what they see Zach McEwen as just to be clear. I don't think they see Zach McEwen that way, but I but think that's, that's all he kind can bring. Of, that's all the kind every time. It only seems like he ever is making an impact is when he does that yeah. because he's not really contributing offensively. He's not really very, he's not a good defensive player. No, he doesn't penalty kill. They nope. tried him in preseason and didn't really work no it did, um, it's a very weird it's that one was the weirdest one and i guess they it's not that they figured that out necessarily it's that uh some stuff has changed in the last 24 hours that kind of made him more uh expendable yeah uh, i guess do you want to just do you want to get into oliu levy or do you want to go into chase on because we'll there's go into two the chase on things first okay. and then we'll switch it switch it up because obviously after the ir moves with uh besser mott keeper uh, not Hamannick, um, Furland. Uh, the Canucks had to then send all these guys down. So DJ's that's happy. Bailey, Bowie, Hamannick. And then McEwen was interestingly sent down today, which is the day after the uh, rosters needed to be submitted. Yeah. And then they decided to sign Alex Chieson, which to me is a very like Travis Green thing. That is, that's like, a, that's a good way of vet. It. 
he can only play prescribed 5v5 time and will be granted power play two time, which is interesting because it's we don't typically see this coach or this team ever give prescribed roles to players. No. Like they love guys in defined roles and usually it's either you get prescribed minutes at 5v5 and you penalty kill or that's it. Yeah. Right? And here's a guy who's obviously he has like a decent record where he does he's impact the power play pretty well. He's a good contri- he's a good uh contributing piece alongside star players. That's been proven with his time yeah. in Edmonton. I just don't think he did anything in the preseason. He didn't do necessarily it. anything special. I think is the yeah. yeah. I, in from from my from my point of view, I look at it like I get why the coach wants a Chieson. He's a vet who can play the five v five PB two specialty role. But for me, I'm like, why didn't you try that with Jonah Gadjevich? That's a uh, uh, that is the million dollar question. Hell, you know what? Like we just talked about Nick Patan. I think Nick Patan is better in that spot than Chason is. Would you? Not, well, maybe, would you, you not? Would you not say? I, I think he kind of is right. Like I think Patan and Chason are both in that kind of. You guys are top six fillers because you guys are experienced you, enough. You know how to fill the void, basically. Yes. Whereas, like Gadjevich, like for those that don't know, Gadjevich's entire thing in the AHL was that he was great in the slot. And in front of the net. Which the Canucks have been looking for for years. Which they've been trying to do for years. This is exactly what they put Chase on in the role for. They signed him to a PTO, and he spent the entire preseason at the net front of PP2. And for me, I'm like, you develop this kid who clearly put the strides in, worked on his skating. Why wouldn't you just try him out at the net front over an established vet who you know can do it regardless of preseason games? Yeah. Like but, you spent three years developing the kid. It, you waste it's a it's a waste of resources at the end of the day if you're not going to try something different. Like you, I get that you can't turn every that not every player is going to turn into everything else, but it, you also don't know that if you don't try it. Yeah, yeah. And that was what this preseason kind of lacked was a lack of let's try something different or let's go against the grain that we've always gone again or gone with mm-hmm. and we can get that in, into that with like the Travis Hamanick signing in the off season. Like there's a lot of like repetition with this management group and the coaching staff where they keep trying the same thing over and over and it doesn't really work. Yeah. And in this year when the team is clearly once again out to make the cup playoffs, yeah. you, you can't be sticking with a system that hasn't worked for like, yeah. Six yeah. out of eight seasons. This is this is a very different year from years past in the sense of like in the years before they kind of had to do that because they didn't have a choice. They mm-hmm. didn't have the players to the horses to get things done. Yeah, but come like the late spring playoff time air spot. Right now they do. Mm-hmm. So you expect more out of them, and yeah. you expect them to be able to make to be able to make to make a different type of decision than they normally would like literally we talked about we talked about multiple times already in the last like month is that this is the first time that they the Canucks have genuinely had a top nine well in a to a degree (laughs) like well like in terms of like in since in the Jim Benning era like this is a genuine like NHL top nine as far as I'm concerned put Colson still the jury's gonna be out until we see him in a regular season game right 
but you have at least eight. You have at least eight guys. Yeah. And then you see today, and then you see like the line, the line rushes today. And you're like, oh. And like, why is Put Colson playing on the fourth line? Why is Hoaglander on the third? Why like and you're like getting and it makes doesn't make any sense why you would put them in those roles. Like I get Put Colson is very good in his own end for a, especially for a kid his age. Mm-hmm. But um it's it doesn't make any sense because that's not what his role is supposed to be on this team. His role on this team is supposed to be as a scorer. And as or at least as a playmaker. Yeah. And you're not going to get that if you're playing him fourth fourth line minutes as much. You're not well, going to get those es- opportunities, especially with Matthew Highmore. Matthew Highmore and Justin Delling, and that's like, you know, yeah, we saw it in Highmore the... in particular. He's not th- that guy. Well, it's like we saw it in the the final preseason game when Pud Colson, Pedersen, and I think Hoglander were on a line. That was they look cool. pretty good. They look pretty good. I was thinking, I was thinking while they were playing together, and I saw. Pod Colson setting up Pedersen for one timers, and I was like, "That's great if he has that pass, like just an inch to the right or left. Maybe Pedersen buries that, and that's his first preseason point." And then I'm like, "Okay, but now on the line rushes, they're putting him out with Matthew Highmore, who has like six points in his last like hundred NHL games or whatever it is. Yeah, like how is that going to lead to any kind of success? And instead of, I don't know, keeping like a better player that proved a lot more and has a better scoring record in like a Phil D Giuseppe. Yeah. You stuck with him because you, you went with a devil, you know, instead of the devil you don't. Yeah. Like, can you afford to do that? Yeah. It's it. And I saw that I saw somebody tweet out, uh, to, I think it was yesterday, basically like this, uh, this room, this is your, your yearly reminder that, uh, preseason actually doesn't dictate all that much. And it's actually that your preseason performance really doesn't have anything to do with where you go. Right. Because again, Phil DiGiuseppe was very good in the, in the preseason uh, and Highmore very much wasn't like, I did not like what I saw from him. He looked good in one game. The only times I noticed him other than the one game, he then like one game was when he was taking penalties and it's like, well, you can't do that. If you're the penalty killer, you cannot, you got that's You have to be the most disciplined guy. Yeah. So what are you doing? Even Tyler Myers learned that from last year. Yeah, Tyler Myers has actually looked okay in the preseason, I would say. Like, that, that's looked, the most shocking thing about preseason. Yeah, he looked, looked kind of he looked, all right. He looked much more – I will say he looked much more reliable in his own end than I, than I saw from him last year. Yeah. And I hope that's what we get from him this year. He looked a lot more comfortable. Maybe he's take. Maybe he knows he has to take on a different role this year because of the way that that left, that left side is structured, which, like, hey, power to him for actually being able to – that is the case like being able to actually adjust to that Mm -hmm. because you know sometimes that's hard that's hard for you to do especially as an older guy who's been in the nhl for a long time it's hard to be told what do you mean i've been successful at this other thing for the last 12 years why is this suddenly a problem now so if he has changed uh change it up a little bit that's good it's good that he's adapting maybe it was after the i think the first preseason game he logged 25 minutes or something of ice time and like six minutes of it was on the pk so Mm -hmm. i'm like maybe he's like i can't be as as aggressive as i really want to be in the offensive zone i can't be doing the end-to-end rushes purely because Travis Green is going to play the ever-loving shit out of me this yes. season because they got look, nothing else. Look behind me; it's Tucker Pullman, who is very unproven. He can probably be fine, but he isn't putting in twenty-five minutes. And then you have Luke no. Shen, who might max you out hope, at thirteen. You hope do something, yeah. You hope he can you, he can find his pace again. Maybe yeah. Kyle Burrows, because Kyle Burrows also he good. Kyle Burrows made the team. Yeah, uh, and he's been playing. He's no been relation there. to Alex. No. 
Uh, and he's paired with Rathbone. They have him paired with Rathbone in rushes today. So they might actually be planning to go into opening night with Shen on the on the in the press box and Burroughs instead. I mean, Did you like what you saw from Burroughs? I'm not as good of I, I'll admit that I'm not the I, I don't I'm not as good at judging, say, defensemen as I am with forwards. Yeah. Um but overall I don't think it wasn't with Burroughs, I think he was very steady. I felt like he uh yeah. handled himself pretty well against bigger competition. I think he um, and I think the thing like what we always ask of like the younger guy of like the guy stepping up in that role is just be like, just don't be a, a liability. Just be able to hold to tread water and not like and not be a liability in your own end. And I think he did OK with that. Yeah, like it's he's an interesting player because like he spent so many years like toiling in the AHL, like developing and then just recently got like that final look with Colorado and He's like a bit of an undersized guy. I think he's only like five ten or like six feet tall or whatever. But he's like he's slight. He's not like a big dude. So that's why I thought it was interesting that he was on a pair with Rathbone because most of the time you, I mean, this coach has proven time and time and again he doesn't want like Hughes out with stature. He doesn't want he wouldn't he would never play a Rathbone with a stature or a Hughes with you know Rathbone or whatever. Like he wants like a bigger guy on one side so he can like physically box players out instead of like using their skating or whatever it is yeah but he acquitted himself well he looked good he skates well he doesn't really move the puck that you know it's not that dynamic he doesn't really jump off the page with his offensive capabilities he's just completely safe and usually this when this coach deploys his safe defenseman he usually wants them to have some size on them and uh that's not really the case with Burroughs, so that's why I was like pretty surprised to see him actually land on the uh, opening roster over, say, like Madison Bowie, who is like six foot six or whatever. Like he's like a complete unit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was fine. I he, he didn't. I when I was clipping games, I didn't really notice him that much, which is usually a good sign. Yeah. For some player, like uh, we've said it before, some players you you should be noticing whenever they're on the ice. Some players you shouldn't. Yeah. And that's, and yeah, so when you're, and if there are certain players who aren't making, like, who aren't necessarily stepping into your, into your mind, into your memory and are just being very steady, making the, making the smart plays, even if they're not flashy, that's good. Yeah. And then there are some players like, say, like I brought up Tucker Pullman already in this Mm -hmm. preseason before where it's like, I literally don't remember him (laughs) on the ice. And then I'll see a shot whistle like two feet over the net and be like, like, oh, "Oh, there's Tucker Pullman. I forgot. I forgot you were here. And you you want more from that guy, and they you, need to get that guy a shooting coach so bad. Yeah, and so bad. Yeah. Oh my god. Just literally, uh, Tucker Pullman just needs to start <laughs> hanging out with Brock Besser every single day, Work and just start doing the one timers. Just start working one timers with Brock, like that. Get him right back up to speed. Yeah. Um. Speaking of unnoticeable, and now no longer with us. R.I.P. Our bad. Our bad is I mean, right. I mean, it well, wasn't us. We didn't do it. This was not our fault. I, I refuse to take blame. Yeah, we didn't break it. We didn't break his knees and make him incapable of defending off the rush, defending in space. But Oliu Levy, the Canucks' former fifth overall pick from 2016, flipped to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Yuho Lamiko, a local boy from Surrey, and Noah Juleson. I think Noah Juleson is the local kid, I think. Oh really? Yeah, because Noah Juleson, I believe, is from um uh I wanna say I wanna say he's from uh Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right. He was Do I just have the Lamico's Finnish. Lamico's Finnish. He's he's the they traded one Finn to get another one back. 
Oh. Yeah. For some reason, I thought Noah Juleson was the Finnish one. The other kid was from Surrey. Interesting. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I, that, but anyway. Well, that's uh, that's good on you. That's I guess good I could on, read our notes okay. where it says local Abbotsford ties. Whoops. That's, uh, <laughs> Whoops. that's funny. My bad, guys. Um, um, but yeah, uh, good on the team for finally recognizing that it wasn't going to work with Ua Levy. He had the worst preseason camp, I think, ever imaginable. Like, I think we were saying earlier, like, it, it was helpful to him that Hughes and Pedersen were kind of holding out on their contract negotiations because if they were at camp, the big storyline of preseason camp would just be how terrible he looked and he, there would be nothing else to talk about. He would have gotten a much shorter look than he did. Yes, I agree. Um, but, I mean, he looked awful in preseason, unfortunately. Turning was still an issue. Speed was an issue. He... You know, he has his stretch passes, like, whatever. I know Twitter goes nuts whenever he gets, like, a good pass to, like, you know, up ice or, like, a yeah. clean breakout or whatever. But it's, like, it's, like, the bare minimum you can offer as a defenseman. Like, it doesn't matter if you can stretch a pass, but if you can't ever get to the puck because you, you're too slow or yeah. you're not fast enough to engage in board battles and you just have to be a pylon, like, you're never going to make it yeah. in the league. And it is... To me, it's kind of amazing that they, the Canucks were able to flip him for two pieces. Yeah. Like, I, especially like after we talked about, you know, with Gadjevich, how mm-hmm. they lost him for nothing. Like, I'll give them credit. They got pieces back for you, Alevi, which yeah. I honestly thought would be yeah. hard, very, very hard to do. They might not be. They're like, not, but they're not guaranteed anything. NHLers by any stretch of the imagination. No, but yeah. they got something back. They got value back for value. Yeah. And, you know, we talk, I talked about this on, on Locked On today, um, about how it's kind of nuts looking back on just how what how much of a struggle this like what a what a crazy struggle like Oli Ulevi and particularly his draft year for the Canucks went because it started yeah. it started with the Canucks having the third best odds to in the lottery. They lost the Winnipeg and Columbus jumped leapfrog them and the Oilers from 16 the Oilers I believe the Winnipeg Jets went to yes, second the uh, and the team in front of the team that was already in front of them was oh, the Edmonton mm-hmm. the, was the whole reason that lottery system was in place because yeah. they won four drafts in way too quickly yeah um and that turned it and then the Canucks lost out on obviously Austin Matthews mm-hmm. Patrick Laine Pierre-Luc Dubois, if you want to throw him in there. Or, and Matthew Kachuk. Uh, or, oh, and uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, and then there's the fact of, well, they still had Kachuk on the board, but then they took a defenseman because they were like, we have too many forwards already, good forward prospects already. We don't need another, even though in that in the first round of a draft, you sh- it, frankly, in any draft, you should always take the best player available, mm-hmm. even if it's not necessarily what you need yeah. because they're not going to be ready right away unless they're – Austin Matthews or Patrick Laine, they're not going to be ready right away. And man, did that draft go south for them. Not just in Ua Levy. Like, Ua Levy is the big one, but then you right. look at that entire draft class, which I believe was before um, the famous, like, Judd Brackett starting to take over and, like, starting to get more say in the, in the, the draft decisions. I believe that draft was heavily influenced by the U18s. Um, right. I'm sure there will be someone in our DMs uh, to clarify, and we we appreciate you for sliding in our DMs with the the correct information. You know who you are. Um, But I'm pretty sure the U18s dictated heavily that uh, that 2016 draft, and then obviously, yeah, 
all they have to show for it is Will Lockwood potentially. And yeah. now these two pieces they picked up in the trade, which isn't great when you come in with fifth overall. And I will never forget watching that 2016 draft and Columbus picking Pierre-Luc Dubois and you hearing like like the gasps and the shock of the audience yeah. because people just could not believe yeah. that they picked him over uh, Kachuk. Like that's, Kachuk and Pugliarvi, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, even in hindsight too, you look at that draft and like there was like, way better defensemen that were picked like even up in the 10s, like Sergachev was that's picked. That's right, Jake Mikhail Sergachev like, went later. God, that like, was a, wow. Yeah, like they whiffed, but like you look at that first round in the 2016 draft in general and it's not a good draft like it's it's, it's no. brutal like generally speaking they goofed but relatively speaking like well it, how well, much worse could it have gone then here's the thing right like it went terribly for them but not just because of their own mistake it also was just the worst the most and for it only was a really bizarre the most rotten luck of all time yeah. like just in the fact that he get hurts his back before he can play a game in north america then he has the knee surgeries. Then there's a, I think there was some other thing, a hip well, injury in there as well. Well, what happened was he, I think he went to the the first camp after being being drafted, and they said you need to put on weight, like you're way too undersized. So he put on a shit ton of weight, and then he blew out his knee because his body was his not body was not to used to size. it. And then he had to change his game to being adjusted to a broken knee and being like overweight. And then he started having lower back issues, so he needed the spinal surgery. And then it, he blew out his knee again, and then there like it was just like it problem was problem after problem. It was a mixture of just the worst luck, but also some making your own issues. Like yeah. specifically in terms of I'm talking about management here. Like they they did not know they really didn't know what to do with him, and they kind of messed him up like big yeah. time to the point where yeah, we're talking about him now. He's traded for a couple, not no names, but like, you know, but not non-factor big assets, non-factor assets. Uh, and he's, and you know, we were talking about, he, we watched him, you know, you watch him in skating, he gets, and you watched him more than I think just about anybody. You, you see him like guys at the AHL level, not very fast. The AHL is not a fast game no. bearing down on him and he can't turn. I, and it's so sad and it's sad to watch. Like yeah, it's like, not a it's not a like it's not a it's not even like you're like it's not like you're going like, oh this guy sucks. It's very much like a just like a God if like if just one thing had gone right for him, if he had just been able to stay healthy in certain times, yeah, he, he might might have be, been useful. He maybe maybe he was never gonna be the top pairing defenseman that they expected him to be, and it was a you know, a bad pick at that spot yeah. overall. But you at least believe that without the injury stuff and with everything else that he would have become like a serviceable he, fifth or sixth guy. He at the very least would have been worth more than like Noah Juleson, who was also like a flamed out first round draft pick and yeah. just like a non and, starter yeah. fourth liner. Yeah. Like, you would hope he would end up being a bit worth yeah. worth a bit and, more than that. And we, you know, I think you and I, I think you can agree with me that I think we hope he finds that success in Florida. He finds some sort of well, whatever form of success he can in Florida. Here, Here's what I'm hoping for this Canucks season. Not even Canucks season, oh, no. just NHL season in general. I'm kind of, I'm in that like wonky brain stage where I just hope for the worst for Canucks fans because oh why because i love great we're never gonna get a listener because because i'm a fatalist and i find everything that everything bad that happens i find funny so if jonathan dolan puts up 20 goals for san jose that's hilarious if jonah gadjevich starts 40 games and he scores 10 times that's so funny to me if cole lind 
plays his debut tonight because they have a bunch of COVID issues and he scores a goal. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the funnier, like you can, where you just have to sit back and laugh at how all these guys were on this team's depth chart at one point and are doing well elsewhere while the Canucks are figuring out who of Shen Burroughs and maybe Brad Hunt on his offside are going to play tonight instead of Tucker Pullman. <laughs> like, I live for the dark black comedy. And but here's my question. Why can't the Canucks be the team that does that to other people? Why can't we be the ones who are picking up random guys because from God knows where and then having them just dunk on the other team relentlessly? Like, why can't we be the ones do- okay. dishing that out? In- I mean, I know why. You know what? You know why? But here, let me explain it to you. So, the teams, or the, sorry, the players that the Canucks go after in these instances are fucking awful and it's... do not jive with the team ever. Travis Boyd comes in, goes like twenty-eight games without a point. Uh, you know who the like the most offensive and best producer they picked up from another team? It was like UC Jokinen. When he had like that, nine oh, points oh in seven God, games, I, UC Okanen was really good in his last little. That's like, what I that mean. Like set, that was fun. So um, in eight and, years for this organization, the best pickups they've had from other teams is like a thirty-six-year-old. <laughs> Does he count? But Does I mean, Tyler Toffoli like, count? But, like the like the yeah, you're talking about not talking the sure bets. The the rent, if we're the talking about like just, the castaways, right? Yes. Like the castaways the Canucks have picked up have mostly all been completely awful. They've been, they've come exactly as advertised. Yeah, because like you can't call Tyler Mott a castaway because the Canucks gave up Thomas Vanek who had like 44 points. Yeah, that was their big ticket move. That was their big ticket move. Yeah, he wasn't a castaway. They were betting that Tyler Mott would be something for them and he has been. He has been. But like, Travis, the Travis Boyds, the Jimmy VCs, the Derek Pouliots, Tim Schallers, like these these guys that nobody wanted that they went out or went out of their way to grab off of waivers. I was, was going to say Sam Gagne, but that's crazy. not really true. That's not an accurate one. No. Um, he scored in preseason the other day. Oh my God. I did. Oh yeah. Speaking. Okay. So oh, we were watching, no. we were watching uh, sports or whatever earlier. And Frank Saravalli came on and I reminded Lachlan that he's apparently younger than me. He's like 30. And, uh, you know, who's younger than me as well. Sam Gagne. And he town. looks like he's like a 48 year old man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this again, this is what hockey does to you. When you it watch really hockey does. for as long as we have and everything like your idea, yeah. your time, your idea of like time and like what is old is yeah. so warped because like you're, yeah. How you're 30, you're 30, 31, you're 31. Yeah. And in, in hockey terms, that would mean you're like, well, be, you got, a, my... you got one last contract <laughs> yeah, in yeah. You before you're done. I'm, I'm three year or four years away from getting the 35 uh, year old plus contract where it's like your, your guaranteed benefits yeah. in case your hip goes out or whatever. Yeah. And, and then there's me, I'm the awkward, I'm in the awkward spot where I'm no longer the hot young rookie, yeah, yeah. but I'm, and I'm, also not the savvy veteran so i'm yeah. just i we were talking about this yesterday like i was like i'm old age. news yeah i'm the old news yeah. like i'm not con i'm like i'm not connor mcdavid i'm just like i'm, just I'm guy. some guy i'm just yeah. some guy who's doing okay things i'm troy stetcher you're the guy <laughs> that uh dom lecision was looking for when he was trying to find a, a i'm a carter verhage yeah, that's who i am i'm carter verhage <laughs> or you're the tampa bay lightning's new carter verhage uh taylor radish I'm fine with that. I can live with that. He's a guy. 
former world junior guy. Um, actually, and uh, I should say, speaking of like just like kind of like jokes with like you, Levy and everything, you know, we mentioned the t like we did the t shirts, like we the did. whole thing. Like again, like <laughs> one of the things, like talking about the God, you knew it was over for him the second like that those pictures. <laughs> Which you saw up. those pictures, you were like, yeah, this guy's fucking done. Yeah, he's done. Like, and it was not it was not a matter of like I didn't think it would come this fast. I'll say that. Like I thought it would be like a oh mid- really? I, I thought, thought it would be would, faster. I thought he was gonna get sent down. And then it was going to be like the case of once he gets sent down to the minors and they feel and a team's like, well, we don't need him on our NHL team, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't mind him on our AHL group sort of thing. Then he would get moved yeah. for him to get moved while he stole the NHL thing is surprising to me. Um, uh, just to give you a quick little info, uh, those shirts that we sold and everything uh, so far, I think they've raised about 120 bucks yeah. uh, for charity. And uh, because he's gone now, because he's traded now, uh, we're not going to keep him up much longer. I think we're going to do maybe one more week, and that's it, sort of thing. I will yeah. post on Twitter if when we decide <laughs> we, to make that like we need official. To wait. We need to wait for him to like play an NHL game, so it doesn't seem super mean spirited. You know, Actually, you well, know what? I, I don't now know. I think about it. We totally jinxed him getting traded. Did we? Because I messaged you and said, "Hey, we should." update people That's on how right. much we've raised so far with the uh always tired you will shirts right and then like 48 hours later he's he was gone, gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you are, sorry, guys. You did call the you did call the chase on thing though. You said you know what he's gonna get the same con. He's gonna get basically the same contract that Brandon Su- Brandon Sutter got, which yeah. we should also talk about today. Um, yeah. but uh, just to give like and to kind of like roll a little bit o- uh, past the Ua Levy thing for a second, uh, into like who they got Ua Lamico. I did a little bit of in of research on him, mm-hmm. of coming over from Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing for him is and Jim Benning mentioned this in his press conference yesterday. I don't know if you heard it, but they expect him to be on the NHL team and he was playing taking line rushes today on the third line um and the thing that Jim Benning brought up most was that he's uh, versatile in the way that he can play in both the third and the fourth line uh, and that he can kill penalties and that he's got penalty killing experience he, and he also made very important mention of he's a big guy which concerned me um <laughs> but you know what like uh Drancer talked him up a bit like yeah, he yeah. feels pretty comfortable there and I did look it up he did get Penalty kill time uh, under Joel Quinville in Florida, which is not okay. nothing. Uh, he did not get a lot of ice time, more or less. Most of his games, uh, I believe, were at least were under were eleven minutes or under. Um, sort were eleven minutes or under. The only game that he really got a couple like big minutes were late in the year. Uh, one of which was against Tampa, where he got a goal, where he got a shorthanded goal uh, okay. by basically fooling Andre Vasilevsky into giving him the puck. It was very funny. Um, I'm but, sold. Yeah, I'm sold too. It's <laughs> Lamico is going to probably get opportunities right out of the gate on your third, on your third or fourth line, uh, especially as the PK guy, which again makes you question why they gave up Di Giuseppe and why they gave up all these other guys because in theory they already had him there. Well, I guess when we say. We, and Lamico can't no, score. Nobody not did, a score. Nobody claimed D, D Giuseppe, so like it's not like they lost him or anything. No. But they took the risk by putting him on waivers. Yeah, which is weird in mm-hmm. in a, a sense when you kind of when you could when you didn't so you didn't really need these other guys, but then you bring them in anyway. With Lamico, I think he'll do okay. I, I'm interested to see how quickly they feel he can jump into the group right, right. now. Because I would imagine in the early, I, I my thought process was he, okay. He's the thirteenth guy. He's not going to play right away. And he's going to get his opportunity. But no, Patan was the third was the thirteenth forward, and Lamico was getting rushes with I believe <laughs> Patterson. No, <laughs> I believe it was with Hoaglander. Oh okay. no, 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 no! Sorry, my mistake. He was the fourth line center, Dowling on the wing, 
uh, Pudkolzin on the right. So okay. interesting fourth line. Well, um, right. But yeah, that means they they I would I mean that kind of means they feel he's already ready to go and that he can step in immediately, which I question. But <laughs> I mean, also I don't think Patan is going in that spot. Like you're not putting him on the fourth line. So. Where do you put him from there? Uh, yeah. That's going to be interesting. Highmore on the third is very yeah. wild. So that's where we get into like the what well, I was kind of like going, Ugh, best top nine they've had in a while. Because I'm like, Highmore in your top nine is that's a bad sign. Yeah, and that's a largely due to the fact that I mean, okay, it's low. I mean, it's partially it's partially due to the fact that Besser's out and yes. Besser being out because. Uh, I hate that I was right about Besser, like in terms of like, I, well, in the sense of like, I we didn't talk like on the last week, last week we talked about how they met when I, when they mentioned that Besser was out, mm-hmm. I saw that as a huge red flag because I didn't think that they would mention that yeah. if he were just going to miss the preseason. And sure enough, this has been, this has also been just generally weird in the sense of like, is it just me or this year in particular so far? Has it been really hard to keep track of where the injured guys are? Uh, I, I I feel like it kind of is a bit more because I feel like they're not dishing information that well. Yeah. Like the Hamannick situation on its own is like a complete cluster fluck, <laughs> fluck of information. It's a fuster good. cluck of information because good, there's, good TV, uh, there's such a lack censoring. of information or uh, certainty around what the hell that situation's all about. So many of their of their injury situations are, or like situations at all of why players aren't here are such like question marks. Mm-hmm. Like with like, Mott, you know Mott is the only one I think we have even kind of an inkling about because we've seen him at training camp and we've yeah. seen him attending events but and, even and attending things. They were just like, oh, he had surgery in the off season and he's still recovering. Yeah. But they didn't even specify what it is. It's just like, yeah, he's recovering. He's injured. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit bizarre. And then the Besser injury, no no information on what it really was that was setting him back. And But apparently he's coming on the road trip. And which is a very go, good sign, yeah. Which is what they need because they cannot afford to fall behind in this six-game road trip against mostly beatable teams. I think they play what like Detroit, Buffalo, like yeah. who do they play? It's not it's not a great it's not a it's not a here I'll I'll take a look at the schedule and it's it's crazy like it, again first of all I'm thrilled that we get to talk about actual real games that mean something again against teams that aren't just the Canadian ones that I mean, we've been talking about forever. I miss preseason already. You miss God? <laughs> do you? Terrible. Yeah. Uh man. Um yeah I believe they play Detroit. They play Philly I think as well. I think okay. Philly is the Friday. I want to say Philly is the Friday and Detroit is the Saturday. I think they have a double a back to back there. Okay. Um I could be wrong on that but i believed uh that is the what what i checked last um yeah they start with six games they end in seattle with that inaugural home opener um at the 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 climate pledge arena uh that name's gonna take some getting used to um overall the this group is a bit of a hodgepodge i will i guess we'll get into like kind of like our expectations for this group now now that we kind of know exactly what we're getting out of them Right. Do we want to get into our? I guess we'll get into our predictions on the season. Do you like for the whole league or just the? the, Okay, yeah. Because here's the thing: we have a whole. This this is basically the second half of the show. Now we're getting into the back half here because, and I'm sure we'll do like a little preview of the Edmonton game like at the end here. But like, uh, (laughs) as far as like, yeah, the NHL is concerned, there is a lot of stuff to go over, and especially because this year in particular, so much changed about the group. (laughs) I'm looking at like I'm look. There's new broadcasters. I'm looking at the, my TV right now, and I'm seeing freaking Mark Messier 
on my screen, which Ugh. aggravates me to my core. What a bummer. What a bummer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think. But we're gonna get into kind of like the key things that want you want might want to hear about like teams, especially because again, like last year was so hard to keep up on what anything did, and now half the players have changed have changed teams. And uh, I mean, then last year alone felt like such a gas leak year, and then preseason that went a- so badly, and all these injuries, and you're like, wait. Yeah, is the gas leak year still going? God, you hope so. God, you hope it's done at this point. Um, do you <laughs> doesn't w- feel like it? But yeah, let's start. Do you want to start with the Pacific? Yeah, let's do it because okay. my expectation of this team, having seen the injuries, having seen like just looking at the defense of the Canucks, I cannot, in good conscience, rate them that high. Really? Yeah, I just can't. Okay. the The right side is just it's awful. See, but they, the one thing, the one, honestly, this is the kind of the interesting part about this preseason is the, maybe the defense has been such a, a, a concern, but the, the one group we haven't talked about much at all during this season, this show, during this month so far has been the goaltending because that's your Demko we know is a solid safe bet and he's going to do very well. He I didn't think, look so hot in preseason. Was that him or is that just the team not being good? Like well, that, it's not going to change in the regular season. It's still the same team. I think it's just him ironing out the bugs, more or less. Um, I hope you're right, because the team's paying him $5 million to be the number one. And if, if Maybe I just wasn't paying it, enough attention, but I didn't think he looked particularly bad, necessarily. No, I don't think it was his fault, but like if at the end of the day, like you need a guy who can be a hero when your defense is that bad. like That's yeah. what Markstrom's whole thing was, and that's, why he was yeah. back-to-back yeah, MVP. And if... Yeah. If Demko is only providing 900 goaltending because the defense is that bad, then they're screwed. Yeah, they need they they need lights out goaltending, which again is wild considering how much time they've had to figure that out, and they still yeah. haven't. I will say that I still have a lot of faith in the Canucks. Not maybe not so much the Canucks themselves as in the rest of the division to not be very good, <laughs> because looking at the rest of the group, and I guess we'll kind of go through them here. Mm-hmm. Um, Anaheim, for example, like they're that's guaranteed bottom, guaranteed bottom finish. I would say um, maybe the Sharks, maybe they pass the Sharks. I think the odds on that are pretty slim. Yeah, I think overall, like the Ducks are, they didn't add anyone new. They lost Danton Hyen and Ryan Miller retired. Like they're not going anywhere, anywhere. They're not going anywhere mm-hmm. fast. They're very much in the full rebuild to the point where, like last year. I believe they purposely did not have Jamie Drysdale up for long periods of time. And who is the who's their other big their other big uh, 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 Zegris? Zegris, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they purposely kept them in San Diego for large stretches of the last season, specifically because they were like, this team isn't going anywhere very quickly, and we don't want to stick them on a team that's losing a bunch of games, which is frankly a very smart yeah. thing to do. Smart, um, okay. and that's a very smart call. I don't see them going anywhere. Uh, I don't know about you. Do you feel like do, do, is there John I, Gibson might steal some weird games? John but. Gibson is trying his hardest. <laughs> that's so. That, that's that should just be their that should just be their like their marketing campaign. Just, the Anaheim Ducks look. John Gibson is trying his hardest. They, <laughs> that's just, just and with like the 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 shrug emoticon. Yeah, like, he's he's tried for so long to carry that or to buoy that franchise that like they might as well just rename the entire organization just like the Anaheim John Gibsons the mighty the, the Gibsons Anaheim, of the Anaheim. Anaheim Gibsons the mighty Gibsons of and Anaheim. then make the logo like a guitar 
There you go. Oh, there that's go. genius. I didn't even yeah. think of that connection. There that's good. Go. Uh, I was th- my thought process just went to like I don't know what's the what's the what is the Sunshine Coast mascot or something like Gibson's BC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go there. Like it's just the fairy. It's just the fairy. Hell yeah. It's just the BC fairies and they're insanely uh, high prices. Um, Calgary. They are they they made some moves, but like a lot of them. But mm. and yet I don't feel like they actually improved. I feel like they got worse. Yeah, I don't think they actually addressed any of the issues that they needed to sort because their locker room is clearly like a complete tire fire. Yeah. And they lost their captain. And who did they bring in? Like Blake Coleman on like Blake a big Coleman's deal? Blake Coleman's very Which good. He's, he's good, but I mean... At that cap hit, maybe not so much. Yeah, but it, it's just... You don't yeah. replace like your number one defenseman who's also your captain yeah like you need to kind of do that you need a replacement plan kind of the 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 one thing i can see going in the flames favor is the fact that they added daniel dan vladar uh from boston for the backup role because uh, obviously they lost david riddick last year yeah um to back up jacob markstrom if i think vladar is a pretty good goalie like in terms of like your 1b option right mm-hmm. now he's still a younger guy developing but i think he's a decent 1b if he's able to hold the fort down and the so they don't and have the to Calgary play Markstrom fifty five games or sixty games yeah or whatever and the flame and the flames figure out that they do and well Daryl Sutter is going to be interesting uh, I don't know if he knows this but uh, don't ride Jacob Markstrom seventy <laughs> games do not do that you're going to hurt him you're going to get him hurt again. Uh, if they learned how to manage the goaltending, I think better this year, they might yeah. actually, they'll, they could make the playoffs. I think, I think they'll make it just based on that alone. Cause that t- torpedoed them last year was they completely they the overcooked dirt. Markstrom, which I specifically, I yeah. specifically told them not to do because he's in a little bit injury prone, sl- just a little bit. And sure enough, they cooked him and they were screwed. And I, I actually mentioned this on Locked On today that I don't think they'll make the playoffs based on simply on the fact that they're trying too hard to be two different things. They don't know what they are. They don't know if they're Johnny Gaudreau's team or if they're Ma- Matthew Kachuk's team. And until they figure that out, they're screwed. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I had... What did I have them? I had them below Vancouver. I had them far I had them far below Vancouver. I have them in fifth. I have them in fifth. I have them out of the playoffs. Yeah, because... For you and I had the exact same like kind of setup, right? Six, seven, eight. It's going to be the California teams. Yeah, L.A. is the only like, like they might wild surprise card. and like, like maybe they go on a heater. Jonathan it, Quick you know, uh, plays out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, I think it's yeah. I think Cal Cal Peterson, Cal, Cal Peterson right? is the guy now. Um, they did add Phil Deneau and Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, those dude, are those big. are two really those good are pickups. Good, those are good pickups, and they're they don't break the bank, but they're both very solid choices for what they're able to do. Yeah, and then of course Alex Edler. So they have yes, uh, they have course. they have they have our good fr- our good friend and uh, our good friend. He's Eddie going Eagle. to score his hundredth goal against. He is a hundred percent going to score his hundredth goal against Vancouver, huh. and it's going to be in L.A. too. It's not even going to be in Vancouver <laughs> yeah. for the crowd to actually appreciate it because yeah. they. I think if Al- Alex Edler scored in Vancouver they would the whole building would cheer like yeah, even it if be, it's like an it would be overtime the winner look for the management group if it, that happened would it no i don't think it would be in that particular case like i think it would be a lot like remember when matt sundin scored the shootout winner for the canucks against toronto that's uh, yeah, there's, okay, the, there's the, t- the thing of talking about the canucks going to haunt other people there you go that's the one that's the best one, one. um that and the whole like air canada center cheered that goal even yeah. though they just lost the game i think that's what it would be kind of more that case of like the old yeah the fair. old vet who did everything he could 
getting his he moment did his to shine. Darndest. Um, I think the Kings could surprise. I still think they've got but, a ways to yeah. go. They they can surprise, but it's not going to be like for a playoff spot. No, I, I'd be shocked if they did. I'd be pleased if they did because it'd be fun. But, yeah, that would I be mean, fun. That would be fun if they made a yeah. real push for it. But I still think they got some work yeah. to do. But I think so. For me, I have the top four: Vegas, Seattle, Edmonton, Vancouver. And I think Vancouver is going to be decent enough to at least be a wild card team. Yeah. But I think Seattle's defense is already like they've landed like a legit bottom six, like immediately out of the expansion draft. Yeah. And signed some pretty good options as well. I mean. Yeah. If you want to sow discord in like your opponents, like what better way than to steal the Calgary Flames captain and make him your captain, uh, even though he's on a one-year contract? And I only? thought that was a weird choice at the time because I was like, I was like, he's old. How much are you gonna get? You're gonna get one year out of this guy. Maybe you should have gone for like Schilling, Oliver Shillington, who's younger, and maybe right. not gonna. Maybe he's not gonna make the the same immediate impact, but. They did it. They took them. And, uh, yeah, I think the Kraken are going to be in the playoff contention. They're not going to be Vegas again. That is because NHL teams figured that out the last time, not to just give away, say, I don't know, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith in one trade. I think people figured that out this time, and they did not wheel and deal. They were not able to make the same moves that that the last team could, And which is, of course, why Vegas is my team division winner i think that's clear and obvious the one thing that i will say that i have different from you this is the hot take here is i have the canucks in second i think the canucks are gonna that finish is a ahead. hot take my friend i think the canucks as far as it on maybe they don't they obviously don't have Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl but i will say that as far as where the issues lie for both of those teams either they cancel each other out relatively similarly or the canucks have the upper hand mm-hmm. in goal who would you rather have? Would you rather have Thatcher Demko and Yaro Halak as the 1B? Or would you rather have 40-year-old Mike Smith and flight risk Miko Koskinen? I'm picking yeah. the Canucks in the goaltending department, hands down. Is De- Koskinen a flight risk, though? He was not good. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. I thought you meant, good. like, in the sense, like, he might just, like, up and leave. Oh, okay. Sorry. I guess that was a that was a poor analogy on my part, but like, you know, he's not he's he's inconsistent. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. He's very inconsistent. Sometimes sure. he's very good. I just most of the time he's not. I just can't bet against McDavid. That's I, my only I thing. I can't bet against McDavid either. The thing is, but I can bet against the rest of his team. I can't bet against everyone else he he has to play with. Like yeah. their their answer to fixing their defense was <laughs> Duncan Keith and Cody Cece. Those were their decisions. And ditching Ethan Bear, Ethan and signing Zach Hyman. They lost. They lost Adam Larson. They lost. Yeah. They. They're not. Their. Their defense is worse this year than it was last year, and it wasn't very good to begin with. The. Yeah. I would say in that case, that is where I say they cancel each other out. I think the Canucks' defense is arguably made like. I think you could argue just They're because probably of on, Quinn like Hughes, on par, maybe slightly better because of touch, Hughes. like, and that's it. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for if Quinn Hughes wasn't there, the Oilers would cook them. Mm-hmm. But I think it more or less cancels out. In the forward group, I think the Canucks have more forward depth. I think they're maybe not, maybe they don't have the bet the best two in Drysaddle and McDavid. Like, yeah. but they have Pedersen, they have Besser, they have Horvat, they have Miller. They have maybe Pitcolson, Hoaglander, et cetera, et cetera. Connor Garland. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a much more well rounded offensive group if when healthy. 
Connor and, Garland and his one preseason yeah. point. And I, yeah. And I honestly think like, if you look at say the last five minutes of that preseason game against the Oilers, if they find a way to play more like that, <laughs> but for a full all 60, the time, well, like they're capable of that. I think maybe not well, like, like that same hard press level, but like you want to find hope that intensity. Can. Yes. I think they can do it. And I think they'll finish second. I think the Oilers will finish third. And then I have Seattle in my wild card spot. Fair. All right. Let's uh bang through the central. No one really cares about the central unless you're a Winnipeg Jets fan like me, which I just put them in the wild card selection with I have, uh, St. Louis. I have Winnipeg in second because I like their defense. I like their defense this year. They have well, I think Nate Schmidt. Obviously, Nate Schmidt. Uh, oh yeah, speaking now. of castaways, uh, good, that might uh, that's gonna be come to haunt the Canucks. Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt is an interesting one. I am interested to see how Pierre Luc Dubois does this year in a full year with the in a, like a regular season with them. Yeah. Um, they have Brendan Dillon now, who's a very good shutdown defenseman. Mm-hmm. I no, think they really improve their defense. They really fix some of their flaws, yeah. like very well. Yeah. Um, again, it comes down to you hope Connor Hellebuck doesn't get hurt to a certain degree. They did lose Mason Appleton, which is a bit of a loss, but like it's not a, the it's end of the world. They have Kyle Connor, they have Shifley, they have they have a very good core group on yeah. on offense. I think they're going to do very well this year, and I think. I think the central is a little has opened up a little bit now because mm-hmm. obviously Arizona completely bottomed out. They're <laughs> and completely they're, they're committed to the tank. They're very committed to the tank, uh, which I'm sure will help them a whole lot in trying to get that new arena that they desperately need. <laughs> um, Chicago is still a non-factor, uh, even with uh, well, maybe especially with Seth Jones. I don't think that improved them at all. They did not. They went into this and frankly good especially yeah. after the the off season that they've had good i'm glad they don't they don't look good they yeah. don't deserve to be good right now we have the exact same bottom four in the exact same order yeah st louis Na- nashville um they're they're mid rebuild they're mid rebuild yeah. i think uc saros they're, is very good though saros is good but what nashville's doing is what the canucks or what benning did when he first took over the canucks which was like the rebuild on the fly they they think they still can get like one last shot out yeah. of them but mm. but i think anyone watching that team the last few years knows like they're just they need to start from yeah. scratch yeah that defense is not what it used to be yeah. that but defense if, was once very yeah. very good but, but if you're David Poyle and you've been a GM for 30 whatever years and you've you know got zero cups to your name, yeah. you're you're doing the retool on the fly as much as possible cuz yeah. you need every kick at the can you can get. St. Louis is an interesting one because like frankly, I think they're probably a little better than they let or like it's one of those weird it's spots like when where they they're won both the cup, right? Yeah, it's like they bit. should be so much better than like they appeared to be at that point when they were the worst team in the division yeah. or in the league, sorry. Yeah. I just don't, I, you know what, like maybe it's just because I've seen them play against the Canucks in the bubble, (laughs) but they don't like, they're one of those teams that like, doesn't scare me. Like, I I feel like there are certain, like there are teams that obviously like Vegas is a big one. Obviously Colorado is another one. Um, there are certain teams that whenever they play the Canucks, no matter like what spot they are in the standings, I'm like, Oh, I'm actually like scared of this team that's coming up that they're playing. St. Louis doesn't scare me as a group. I think they're not that. Di- they're. I think they got very much figured out last year. I think Jordan Binnington yeah. got exposed big time, and in, in the fact that which is he's great, like a fine, like he's an okay goalie. He is not the superstar you think he is. Ooh. He's like still a great. He's still one of the thirty best goalies in the NHL, which is something, which is a huge thing. But yeah. he is not nearly as good as I think people think he is. He is. Mr. Bounce Back, meaning he is not very good half the time. 
Um, I don't think they make the playoffs here. I think Dallas is going to have a rebound because they missed last year. Yeah, they got they got brutalized by COVID, so you just know they're going to probably and, bounce back. Yeah. Jason Robertson's going to take another Robertson. level. Minnesota is the interesting one because they lost. They lost. Uh, obviously, they they got rid of Parise and Suter. They got rid of those two big contracts. Uh, they brought back. They got Creel Kaprizov re-signed, yeah. and he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, my big question for them is is they don't have a lot of time because, like you and I looked at their cap numbers, yeah, and they that, get hit with a huge cap recapture next year, I think, or something. The next like the, for the the next three. So the three years following this season, they feature twelve million dollar hits, fourteen million and four sorry, fourteen point seven and fourteen point seven million dollar hits for the Parisian suitor buyouts. Yeah. So they've structured their cap in such a way where like they can still do things with Caprizov and Ericsson Eck and like kind of build around that. But obviously isn't exactly ideal when you have to plan your team around having less than or 14 million allocated to guys who will never dress for your team in the season. Yeah. Like that's difficult to do. Um, but I, I trust their drafting guy. Uh, speaking of yeah. guys who might come back to haunt, uh, the Canucks, Judd Brackett, a lot of people uh, praise their draft, I believe. Um, yeah. so, you know, and know. one thing I do want to say as well, before we move on to, I think, I guess we'll go into the Atlantic next, um, mm-hmm. Colorado, I obviously I think you and I both are very much in the adamant that they're going to um, win the division. I yeah. will say that I actually I have them first place because I think they are the best team there. Mm-hmm. But I am I would like it on the record that I am very concerned about their goaltending situation. Not yeah. not because I don't think Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz are go- aren't good. I think they're both very very good when healthy yeah. the problem is both of them are very injury prone in yeah. fact Francois is already is injured right now of course Kemper is a guy who I've often said is one of the most underrated goalies in the NHL he was very good for Arizona he was a very team. good he did not get the credit he deserved for what he was able to do in Arizona yeah. and a lot of that was partially due to the fact that he got hurt quite a quite often yeah and I am worried for Colorado because I saw what happened to them in the bubble when they had to go all the way down to Michael Hutchinson and Hunter Miska, I think was their fourth. I think they had him in there as well. Yikes. They had, a, and because they literally lost their goalies, like Grubauer is also kind of an injury prone guy, mm-hmm. but he was a little bit more rock solid as far as like stable goaltending is concerned. Yeah. These guys are a little bit more concerned are a little bit more of a, you know, not a risk. I guess a risk is the best way to put it. But and also, and then you throw the injury thing on top of that. I think that if they're able to stay healthy, their goalies stay healthy, they'll be fine. If they get hurt, I think they might be in weird. They might be in trouble. I don't think they can hand. I don't think they're going to be in a, as good a spot if they lose both of those guys. I no, think they could really torpedo their year. It's very interesting because I think a lot of the teams this year do have like that Achilles heel thing where there is some of the top weakness. some of the top teams where it's like if X thing happens they are not good. Yeah, like they are in danger zone. Like this I think, is a pure chaos year in a yeah, lot of ways. It'll be exciting because because yeah. it last year was a chaos year with only fifty six games to prove it, and this year's eighty two games yeah. to prove how chaotic it can get. Last be. year was chaos in a bad way. This year is chaos yeah. in, a, in the actually in a fun, fun way. way. In the yeah. actually fun way. Um, well, moving on with the chaos then. At the Atlantic Division, we had 
we agreed on the entire way except for our wild card picks. Inter- okay. Because you chose Boston as one of your wild cards. I did not. I had Montreal, as you did as well. Yes. But top to bottom, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo. There is, I would be shocked if this is our least accurate prediction. No, this feels like the most rock solid. I, I will say that, you know, what we saw from Ottawa last year in terms of like at the at the in the second half of the season they were i believe the hottest team in the NHL like yeah. in the last half they, they which is very good which was not nothing like that was 50 in 56 games that's 20 something games like that's a long stretch yeah. to be one of the best teams in the league and they did a very good job they almost made the playoffs they might have made the playoffs with a little more runway mm-hmm. um they obviously the big thing for them is Brady Kachuk is still not signed <laughs> which is baffling yeah. i think they signed tyler ennis a couple days ago just to make sure they weren't under the cap floor i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah that put them over the cap floor which, which is, is so pathetic wild in it's the so sense pathetic. of like why the hell have you not just give him his contract I, I mean i don't know what he wants just give it to him you're not gonna win games without him yeah um and although i think they've done okay actually in the in the preseason so far uh they looked okay um, yeah, Detroit, they got Alex Nedeljkovic, which is a steal for them, but it's still not enough to move the actual needle for what their team needs. There's still a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Buffalo is Buffalo. Like, geez, <laughs> yeah. geez. Oh God. We talked about Eichel last time. We're not talking about him yeah, we're again. Not talking about Eichel anymore. It's just sad. They're in a, they're, they're screwed. They're very much screwed. Um, Boston and Montreal. This is the, the weird stuff because Montreal, they're without, they're without Shea Weber who might be career ending I think injury. he's I think he's toast. I I'm I would I would be inclined to agree with yeah. you there, which if that is true, keep an eye on Nashville cuz they're going to be in huge trouble if he I, retires. I believe they modified the rules though so they can't get hit with that 22 million dollar. Oh god, they'll mod like hit. I know Classic weird. NHL, they'll modify the rules for every team that isn't named the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And that's not that's not a me being like a biased hockey fan. Literally, I think every single other cap recapture penalty has been adjusted. Mm-hmm. Uh has been adjusted except the Canucks yeah. with Luongos. Yeah, so every other one has gotten some sort of like, oh, exemption or yeah, something. It'll it'll still be like a big hit. It's just like the the cap recapture penalty can't exceed the player's actual cap hits. So I think the max he would be would be whatever his was it's at. Still Nine, a lot of 9.85 yeah, over money. two and a half years or whatever. And that means if Nashville is spending the, up to the cap, they're, yeah. they have to somehow unload $10 million, about $10 million well, off your books their, very quickly. It'll help their rebuild. It will help their rebuild. Uh, Montreal is also missing Carey Price, uh, who I don't know if we mentioned on the last episode. He is, uh, or we did talk yeah, about we it. Did, yeah, we, we did. did. We, we did. That did happen in that time. Okay. So that, that's, that's definitely one of the main factors of like where we both had, him in, had the Canadians in fourth, yeah. but Jake Allen could like... Jake Allen could be very good. I think Jake Allen is underrated. Yeah, but if he, I mean, if he plays like shit... Well, yeah, then, they're, well, yeah, then they're being in fourth like hinges on good goaltending basically because yeah. I think their decor is decent enough. Their forward group's pretty solid they just too. Just signed, uh, resigned Nick Suzuki to his big ex- to a big extension. Yeah. Um, they're they're in a spot where they also they also lost a lot though. That's the big thing for like this is the reason why I don't even have them in a guaranteed spot right now is because yeah. I looking at them from the the team that went to the Cup final last year to now they lost. Philip Deneau, who is huge for them. He was a big part of why they got that far. Jesperi yeah. uh, Kotkaniemi, whether or not you think he <laughs> got paid too much or not, that's still a loss of some kind. Sure. They're not as, they're not, they did get Christian Dvorak in a trade, which was not bad. 
Sure. But I don't, I just, I don't see, they're not as strong this year, in my opinion, as they were last year. I think they're a little bit weaker. And especially the goaltending situation really throws a wrench in there. So I still think they'll make the playoffs. They're just in a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked up David Savard, who I think is actually a pretty decent defender. Yeah, he's a decent, he's a, he's and a very decent defender. I can't bet against goal Caulfield. I just can't no, do it. No, you can't. That's true. That's he's, very true. He's very fun. Him uh, and Suzuki, for that matter. Yes. Um, Boston will just... I just wanted to touch on very quickly because um, they lost... So they, they're they basically the same team as last year. The big thing that's missing for them now is Tuka Rask. And they, everyone's very old. And everyone is very old. <laughs> very, that's very, very true. Old. That's an old group. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do not think... I think I think they've got... I think their goaltending tandem... I said this on Lockdown today. It's Jeremy Swayman and Lena Solmark. Who, by the way, the Sabers lost le- losing Linus Allmark. God, he was your one good player. Um, they, I think they're about. I think specifically Bruins fans are about to find out just how much Tuka Rask was masking some issues for them and some some pro- some like the Achilles heels for them. I think he was. Do- I think they're about to realize. Oh, we actually really needed him to win a lot of <laughs> games, and uh, which they'll deserve because God, they have they they rode that poor guy way more than he deserved. He was one of the best goalies in the league for years and they gave him so much crap. They sure did. And they're gonna they're gonna feel it this year for sure. Yeah, that's why I don't have him as a wild card team um, because I'm pretty sure they're gonna be hooped on the goaltending side of yeah. things. Any particular reason that you picked Florida over Tampa in the same because we both did. I, I picked it from probably the same sense or the same logic as you did in that Tampa lost a lot over the offseason and didn't and they're replacing it with like internal uh, develop uh, develop pieces, which is fine, and that's good. That mu- it must and be nice. It's a track must record nice. that you know they've done it time and time and again. And it's worked out, but in a year where they've just won back to back cups, so they've played a shit ton of hockey in the past twelve months. Uh, I can't imagine like the three peats going to be easy, and no. trusting a very young and inexperienced group to do it a third time, lead the division. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think Florida's on the up and up. I think they're going to settle their goaltending issues pretty shortly. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I don't know. Just, yeah. Just looking a feeling, at their, just a vibe. I'm, I'm looking at their subtractions. Some of them I forgot specifically like, so Blake Coleman's in Calgary now, Tyler Johnson. I don't know where Tyler Johnson is. Chicago. Now. Chicago. Okay. Uh, the big one is Yanni Gord. Yes. Yanni Gord was a huge part of that team. And, losing he that was the biggest loss for them was gord losing yeah. gord was the biggest loss you, for them he is very 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 good at 5v5 they yeah they were going guaranteed to lose either him or i believe andre palat and they i think palat is the considered the better of the two am i wrong or maybe I, I, i'm wrong um i don't think he's much better he's older and he's only got one year okay left so maybe deal. gord was the better guy but either way i think the yeah, i think i think You'll see what happened. You know, not to the same in the same way as Pittsburgh did when they won back to back cups, uh, yeah. because that was also partially their own doing. Like they 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 undid themselves trying to change the way they played. True. I think in Tampa's case, you're going to see something more in line with uh, I guess with Chicago and with L.A. I think is a good example of where you've played so much hockey over such a short period of time yeah. that your body just can't do yeah. that again. You can't, and you can't do that these days. Like there, there's no, you can't play 82 games, go through four rounds of playoff hell Mm -hmm. and come out of it like feeling unscathed. And to do that three times in a row is very difficult and very taxing on your body. Um, And for Florida's case, they're 
very they're they were a, really fun to watch so that's why i have a yeah. feeling they're just gonna carry that momentum into the regular season i feel like florida like and maybe this is just because the canucks and the a the canucks and the panthers have been trade partners a lot over the last however many years that they both teams have been in existence together yeah and also just the the shared love of both roberto luongo <laughs> and pavel Bure. Mm-hmm. um but i think vancouverites really like the panthers generally speaking like there's a lovable aspect to them of like we like we want the panthers to do well like i want to see the panthers succeed i would love nothing more than to see them win a playoff round like really yes i would love out of any team in the nhl i want them to win a playoff round more than anybody else i think it's funny if they never do and they just they're just constantly at the dance like kind of like the columbus thing where they're mm. where like for years they were always there but they could never I'm okay get the with first that round. i mean i'm okay with that with like toronto or something like some or but with florida florida specifically i really want to see do well i don't i i i want them to not have to like paper the building to make it look like they have a sellout i want them to actually be able to sell out games um cuz i kind of i like that market i like that like fan that that uh that fan base Mm. Um, overall, oh. <laughs> overall, this I, is when I would usually make like a all ten of them type. Joke. All ten of them, yes. Yeah. Um, and they just signed Barkoff to that big new contract, which he's very deserving of. He's a very good hockey player. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a very he's not, significant. He's not the most underrated player in the league anymore. That's that's ship sailed. He's very well valued now, rated yeah. now. Um, I think it does come down to uh, will they play Sergei Bobrovsky too much? Uh, will they will they figure out very nice and quickly that okay i know we're paying him 10 million dollars but spencer knight is the better more more importantly will uh sergey bobrovsky be any good god they need him to be they need him to be so badly and that's not just because they again spencer knight was good like spencer knight is the better of the two goalies right now as far as i'm concerned the problem being that because bobrovsky's making 10 million dollars you kind of have to play him anyway as a 33 year old okay i (laughs) yeah like oh man talk about what happens when you stop paying Ian Clark? <laughs> that's that. That's what happens right there. I mean, that's a good example of what happens when you don't have Ian Clark anymore. Hey, Bob got paid. He got what he wanted. He uh, got his money. That's for sure. Yep. Whoever the GM was that decided to sign a thirty-year-old goaltender to a what was it seven-year ten Dale million Talon. That was Dale Talon's doing. It was his parting <laughs> gift. Who knew? It was it was parting gift before uh, he was uh, let go this is uh it's a brilliant man um all right last division <laughs> yes. we'll uh bl- bl- blaze through this, this one is the weird this is the this metro is a weird one this is a weird one yeah um i i hardcore disagreed with your first place Here. real bad now are you just okay now here's the thing are you just disagreeing with my pick because of one of the players that they signed or are you disagreeing because you actually don't think that they're the best team no i think they had low-key like a, a horrendous offseason i a think rough i one. i disagreed with so many of their player acquisitions i would be shocked if they were anywhere I, in the top four yeah i i and might their change my decision i might change my decision there i've just seen them like the last couple of years being like oh they're they're getting there they're so yeah. on the cusp um, this we're talking about the Carolina Hurricanes for yes. for anyone not paying attention. I put the Hurricanes first. Um, I would be open to changing that one out of any of my picks simply because, uh, well, they lost Alex Nedeljkovic because they didn't want to pay him three Too million expensive. dollars, but then somehow money. decided to yeah that that was worth Yasperi Kotkaniemi double mm-hmm. was worth double that yeah okay for the memes. For the for the memes. memes and the dreams, which I mean, from a content again, from a content standpoint, great. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. a goaltending, from a 
practical goaltending standpoint, ooh, no. <laughs> oh, no. They have Freddie Anderson, who is good when healthy. They have Auntie Ranta, who's good when healthy. And yeah, they're too big. They did get Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear was a good pickup for them. Yeah, it's fine. I just, yeah. That's not Dougie Hamilton. That's not Dougie <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> that's the thing. They like, lo- well, to be fair, I don't know. Like, as much as I think Dougie Hamilton is a very good defenseman, the Devils paid $9 million for him. I think that might have been a leap. Am I uh, wrong there? Am I wrong there? Honestly, like, relative to. The... I mean, maybe it's just a leap for the Devils because they're so not good right now. <laughs> Okay, I I actually had a hard time picking the Metro because I think this New Jersey had a pretty decent offseason, and I don't think overpaying on Hamilton's really that far-fetched when you consider guys like Seth Jones got paid $8 million or $9 million or whatever oh, it was. Oh, for sure. Or yeah. uh, Darnell, Darnell Nurse. Nurse got his extension. That's, like, ridiculous. Like So yeah. I don't think it's that out of place, to be completely honest. Sure. Okay. But I found ranking this division the hardest to do just because i think there's there's a lot of these teams that had really quiet off seasons or had very bizarre off seasons yes so carolina was one that had a bizarre off season new jersey i think had a good one uh pittsburgh didn't do anything Rangers, yeah. they overhauled their entire team philosophy. The Rangers, the Rangers completely changed because of one, one move by Tom Wilson, which is yeah. fun, which is funny, yeah. but also good lord, what Very a bizarre. what a way to and then they cap traded off Pavel Buchnevich for nothing. Oh, that's right, the Blues then, got Buchnevich. I forgot about that. Yeah, for. I don't know for Kratsoff or whatever. Something and they, like a very low. Then they very told him pride. to look for whatever team you want to play for because you won't play for us. Oh, is that the same guy? Get out of town! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, uh, that's just, a geez. just some bizarre. What a bizarre rough moves. go for them. But yeah, like there. This is the division, of course, where all the teams that are aging, the Washingtons, the it's, Pittsburghs, where you're like, is this the year where they're finally not a playoff contender? I think Pittsburgh's in that realm. Yeah, Washington. I feel like I pick it every year where I'm like, they just don't care. They won their cup. They don't, they don't care anymore. I feel like they're in, I feel like my biggest concern was, okay, as are they, do they have, if they don't have goaltending, then they're in trouble. But if they have a goalie, they're fine. And they did get back Vitek Vanacek. They did. So seven, I think, I think they're okay. I think they're going to be okay in terms of like a wild card spot. Yeah. Um, the, you know the rain. The Rangers, I think, in theory, maybe if they hadn't gone so nuts with the we need to be big and f- we need to be big and hard and uh, not let people beat us up anymore. Even though this is twenty twenty one and most teams don't play that way anymore, um, they because they their big acquisitions were literally Barclay Goodrow, who they paid <laughs> way too much money for, yeah, and Ryan Reeves, who I believe is now already hurt. Who I believe got hurt in a preseason game recently. Uh, with I think he got tangled up with PK Subban uh, in in a preseason game, and that and now he's hurt. He's out for a while. Um, they do have Adam Fox, who's a very good defenseman. I think they could. I've heard he's good. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard he's good too. I think their def- one an award. I, I think or their defense and their goaltending could carry them to a wild card. I still have them on the. I think I still have them on the I outside on the looking in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Philadelphia is interesting because again, a lot of last year got undone for them because Carter Hart was awful. Awful. Now you could make the argument that hey, this is very much a similar case to the Canucks where. If you're b- expecting Carter Hart to be superstar amazing every night and he's not, and you're losing games because of that, that means your team wasn't built very well. Right. 
I would put the the Flyers kind of in that category. They also lost Jakub Voracek. The Voracek's gone. Yeah. Uh, I don't think did they add I don't think they added anyone particularly well did they did they add anyone uh, oh well, they did add some interesting they added, pieces they, they added they Ryan over, Ellis they overhauled their defense and they added Ryan Ellis which was good it's like that Simpsons meme where it's like that's good yeah then they, they added Rasmus Ristolainen that's, that's bad, bad. But, it, but you get your choice of topping <laughs> that's good the toppings contain Derek Broussard and Keith Yandel and Martin Jones <laughs> That's bad. There <laughs> uh, <laughs> I go now. Yeah, exactly. Well done. That was not rehearsed. Um, yeah, Mart- well, Martin Jones, is. I'll put it this way, he's not really goaltending insurance. I do not like the way the Flyers handle their goalies. I'm no. very, I do not. If, if I was going to expect Martin Jones to have a resurgence, Philly would not be a place I would expect him to do that. Exactly. Ever. No. Uh, yeah, I don't think they – I think they – made some changes that I guess were for the better for the the way that things were going there in those departments. Uh, but I don't think they improved really all that much. I think they're very much in the same spot they were last year or like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they're not the, the, the team that won that I guess finished first in the division. That's not this team. They're not a, they're not a division first team. No, um, they are a hockey team. They are a hockey team. Did you, you have the Islanders in, in first place? Yeah. Which here's the thing. That's probably right. That's the correct answer. It's the worst answer. <laughs> it's the worst answer. I did not pick them up out, out, out of, of spite. Out of spite and principle. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, fair. I cannot see. I cannot watch another boring, boring ass cup run for the from the Islanders. Please no. Do not let this happen. Remember now, all their empty netters, though. God, remember all those two one one nothing games that were so riveting. No, that was sweet. God, um, they did lose Jordan Eberle and Nick Letty. Like Eberle being the bigger one of the two, mm-hmm. so it's like I I don't know how much that really changes their overall complexion. But it it, it that was a loss for your second line. I don't think it's yeah. enough to necessarily move the needle on how good they are, especially because they still have Matt Barzell uh, there. Um, I'd be interesting to see interested to see how Ilya Sorokin does, and I think this is going to be his first year as the full time starter, is it not? I think he's the guy going forward, or is it still Varlamov? I believe Varlamov is on season opening injured reserves. Oh, there you go. I Sorokin. guess he's the starter. It's Sorokin. Um, I think he'll do fine. I think Sorokin will do very well. I think they'll do okay. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else we should mention on that group. Um, yeah, I had Pittsburgh out missing the playoffs. Same. Not because of here's the thing. If Crosby is healthy, if I think Malkin, if Malkin is healthy, I think they're fine. Mm-hmm. They don't have either of those guys. I think right now is Malkin is Malkin good. We're, I think the Malkin's are literally on my television right now. Yeah. So you think I would you know. trying to read the numbers? Like Ehh. yeah, I see. Uh, I see uh, someone out there. Um, yeah. I for the most at the very least though, Crosby's not there. Yeah, and I I think they're like I think they've been really kind of like they're a team that's been really like trying to just like keep it going a little while longer like they're not in a spot where they're they're really i think a threat anymore mm-hmm. i i, I think the, the i think tristan jari's performance against the Islanders yeah. the first round really opened some eyes i'm shocked he didn't get traded really you thought i see i i well i think i, I see why you'd think I like i see this. why you'd yeah, like, go that like direction. The fourth episode we did when I did my book review of Brian Burke's uh, autobiography and his whole philosophy, oh yeah that was an original off the post yeah his philosophy as a GM was 
At the end of every season, he likes to make a big splash with like a trade. Or he evaluates the first year, then makes a big splash the next year with a big trade or acquisition or whatever. And he, I thought maybe he was just going to do it a little early and go, Jari, you're cut. I liked your hustle, but you're cut. That's why it was so hard to cut you. That's why it was so hard to cut <laughs> This you. year, his big acquisition was Brock McGinn. That was it. Or Danton Heinen. Did they get Danton Heinen? Yeah, I think he scored. Oh, there you go. Um, I yeah, I mean they lost Jared McCann, who was very good for them, and mm-hmm. Brandon Tanev, who argue with how much they paid him or not, he did okay. He did yeah. okay for them, and that's a loss for he them as okay. well. They lost two top nine guys. He was okay enough for them to trade him, or not trade him, but it, to get picked up by Seattle, who yeah. thought he was worth the contract he was signed to. Yeah. They yeah, and they traded Jared McCann to protect somebody else. I don't remember who it was. Who knows uh, with that roster, man? The, it's so old. Like, remember, who, who you hey, you know who could have really used Jared McCann? <laughs> it, Toronto, the yeah. team that actually traded for him and then exposed him for, well, I don't know, to protect Michael Bunting, I guess. I don't know. Uh, weird call. Weird call there, but that's uh, that's another team's problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think as long as the Penguins, I, God, they won their division last year. That's insane. Just I'm looking at their record. That's right how now. bad Tristan Jari's performance was. That's why it was so shocking is that he just blew it for them they also i also just don't think they were that good to begin with i don't think they were really a first division team a first place team and re- yeah in a real world in the real world I it, think it's hard to lucked. evaluate last season in general like, yeah because there's a lot of like yeah you know you can judge the individual like you can judge the individual performances as a group as a unit all together kind of thing mm-hmm. but i don't think you can judge you cannot judge the records i think on any on much like it's just too weird and because of how many games they played against the same six seven teams you just yeah. can't it's not a it's not a really good way to, it's not a it's not a really feasible way to look at it yeah. but yeah i think penguins are gonna miss i have the capitals like in the in the conversation but i think they're gonna fall i think they're going to uh i think they're gonna finish third but they're not gonna do well against the islanders i think come that point in time yeah um i hate to break it to you but yeah. islanders are probably gonna be pretty good <laughs> the islanders are oh god the islanders are gonna be good um so sorry folks. i guess um to wrap kind of wrap up this conversation if mm-hmm. you had to pick like a team that you felt could maybe do make some real noise or like get into like maybe become the cup the favorite to win the cup or something yeah. Who are you like? Who are you picking right now? Who are you picking as your let's say let's say you're two finalists and who wins? Uh, Detroit Red Wings <laughs> and Columbus Blue Jackets. Even though they can't play each other in the finals, sure. No, no, they're gonna they're gonna change they're the gonna, rules. They're just gonna change that. the rules just for them. You know what? They should have honestly though. I liked the the reseeding last year. There's one I thing did. I did like about the play, the way the playoffs worked last year. I did like that they just went. One through four yeah. reseeded there. I like the idea of potentially would, getting I, a random division matchup. I in the wish final. they did that. That would be year. that would be genius. Yeah. That'd be such a good marketing ploy. I don't need the Pacific Finals. Like I don't give a crap about that. Give me one. To four I would, or whatever, but right? you'd care about the Pacific Finals if it was the Cup for the Cup or for the conference or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, if it was for the conference go. for sure. But I don't need it like like in the second yeah. round or whatever. Like. like even, yeah, I remember. I remember when that idea was being floated around in like 2013 originally, when Winni- when they were having to realign because Winnipeg yeah. had come in, and there was talk of like uh, under this format, in theory, the Canucks could play the Blackhawks in the Cup final, and everyone was like, <laughs> "Oh, that sounds great." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think right now my teams. I think I'm. I'm keeping it still kind of simple. Uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna go a little off the board here. I'm gonna say. One, my my very sustainable pick is Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then my other finalist is Florida. 
I'm going. Okay. I think we're gonna get the '96 rematch. We're gonna get the oh, the, no. the Avs versus the Panthers in the finals, the but this time it will be good. The matchup that almost killed hockey. The, yeah, I, it did. It did kill hockey. <laughs> they, that well, thank the it dead ushered puck. in the worst era. The yeah, the devil. Oh, I was talking about this today. Lou Lamorello's Devils ushered in the the dead puck era. Yeah. The Panthers cemented it by winning, going all the way to the final, <laughs> yeah. even though Ooh. they didn't win. Yeah, and then every but single it was a team, proof of concept that this is how you could yeah. possibly do it. And it's then just by... every single team was like, "How can we play the most boring <laughs> hockey imaginable?" And and it worked for years, and it's still kind of working today. But mm-hmm. it's getting but it's they getting better. It up so it's like more a bit more exciting. It's getting better. The neutral zone trap is pretty brutal, but like you, it's at least tolerable when like they go a little little ham it forces the other team to be a bit more aggressive both like physically and like on their forecheck and whatever so i mean it's also it just gotten much ex- better because players have gotten faster and more skilled and yeah. you have much less say like gu- replacement level guys in your third and fourth in each other's face yeah the who, stick, that's all there and that's the all away. they're there for yeah. like it's gotten much better yeah i agree um Hopefully, this episode got a lot better as it went on, folks. And we hope yeah. you liked our content. And if you want to support our content, don't forget, we've got a Patreon where we've got $1 and $5 tiers available for you to subscribe, support the team, support our mic purchases, support our <laughs> shoe cabinet purchases. Yes. Lachlan over here. Uh, the, don't forget. The Anna Forsyth shoe rack. Yeah, That's that what is... it'll be called. It'll be it'll be dedicated to Anna for <laughs> pointing it out ep- and absolutely decimating me. Title of this episode, $5 shoe racks. $5 shoe racks. Yeah. <laughs> Off the $5 shoe rack. But anyways, folks, you can catch us not in the shoe rack. You can catch us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any place you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Follow us on YouTube and ding that bell. Hit that bell, fam. That's, that's that what bell. the YouTubers say. Uh, throw some comments. Put some Fs in the chat. You know how it be. Yes. What else? Where can we? <laughs> where can you find your work? Because you just went oh, to yeah. training camp. We didn't even get a chance to talk about that today. Not much happened. I talked with the coach. and That's whatever. cool. That's cool. That's still great. Got a live reaction on the UL Levy trade. That's and, great. And Again, that's had, really cool. He had the groundbreaking statement of he's a good kid. That's good. You heard it here, folks. And you if go. you want to hear more of that, you can check me out, ahlnuxharvest.com. Game starting real soon. Game recaps coming right at you. Yep. I'm at Twitter on – or sorry, I'm on Twitter at Cody Sievertson. Lachlan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lock in the Crease. You can also find me on my website, lockinthecrease.com. I posted my preseason notebook uh, article just today. It's a little out of date already simply because of some <laughs> weird stuff that's gone down. But uh, overall, uh, go check that out. I've, I brought, I put some notes down. And uh, make sh- and uh, yeah, make sure to go check out also uh, Locked on Canucks, which I do Monday to Friday with Nick Bondi. Um, t- today we talked about basically the same stuff, more, more or less the <laughs> same less. stuff, just a little bit a little quicker different. paced. A little spicy. Uh, and by, yeah, by the time we do this show next on f- on Thursday – we will be uh, fully in. We'll have we'll been be through the first hockey. full Canucks game the, against the Oilers in Edmonton, Woo! and we'll be fully into actual NHL season. You ready for our first eighty-two, our no. first eighty-two game your game season as no. a as a podcast? I'm not even ready for the AHL season, man. That's gonna be so much work. I can't cover <laughs> NHL hockey at the same time. Oh my god, I'm see, and that and that is where you and I differ because I'm raring to go. Well. Not me. But anyways, thanks, folks. We'll catch you next time.
Bye.